Welcome to the analyst briefing for the 2013 results. Um, good to see so many people, uh, so much interest. Um, let me give you an overview. Um, I'm sure you've seen the results. Uh, our accounting sales up 3%, our global black brand sales down 2%. Okay. Um, the sales decline mainly in China, Taiwan and Singapore, offset by some growth in the fast-growing uh, markets in Southeast Asia, such as Indonesia uh, and Thailand. Um, our gross profit is up uh, two points uh, to 60.7, mainly accounted for by the improved mix due to the consolidation of the Middle East acquisition, um, offset by uh, adverse currency uh, issues in mainly in Southeast Asia, particularly in Indonesia, also a little bit in Australia. Operating expense down 1% when you exclude the um, Middle East acquisition impact. So as you'd expect from Giordano, um, when we have tough top line, we control our expenses fairly effectively. There's obviously mix in there between uh, reduced costs in China um, and some increasing costs in some of our emerging markets. Uh, Profit attributable to shareholders down 3% when you exclude the uh, non-recurring exceptional gains. Um, and our total system inventory, that's the inventory we hold on the balance sheet and also the off-balance sheet inventory that we hold or that our franchisees hold, hold and our suppliers hold uh, flat. Um, and the inventory profile is fresh so we uh, don't regard ourselves as having any inventory issues. There's a little bit more can be done to reduce inventory, but fundamentally inventory is uh, more or less where it needs to be with a couple of small exceptions. Um, the, 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 the directors and the board feel that it's appropriate to pay a dividend the same as last year. Um, as you know, we raised the, uh, divid the interim dividend from 15 cents to 16 cents. Um, so we have actually reduced the final dividend from 25 to 24 cents, but we think that's appropriate that we pay uh, with a, a slightly lower underlying result that we pay and more or less the same dividend that we paid last year. Our cash position remains strong and we're very committed to returning surplus funds to shareholders. Um, our treasury operations in the year um, have become more efficient, so we actually need less cash um, to use. Uh, in the businesses, so uh, we're, we're perfectly able to pay 40 Hong Kong cents and continue to operate effectively uh, with the current outlook that we have. So, um, sales up, trading PATS down 3%, um, as we've just gone through. Operating expenses up 8%, but excluding Middle East down 1%. Net profit down 20% when you include the 143 million of non-recurring disposals. Uh, just to, uh, yeah, that, that comes in there, sorry. Uh, and uh, net profit, when you exclude those, is down 3%. And our net profit margin, 11.3, still pretty healthy. So just to conclude with that, the headline number last year was 826 million. Um, out of that, 143 million were ex exceptional disposal gains. I don't know if you recall, but 114 million of those were accounting disposals, they were technical disposals. We didn't um, actually, uh, 100 million was the revaluation of our 
a pre-acquisition 20% of the Middle East, which we had to revalue at the transaction value. So that was a 100 million gain, but there was no cash involved. It's just a pure accounting gain. It, it, you know, it, we, we really had to put it there according to the accounting standards, but we're aware that that could be a misleading, a misleading number. So we've highlighted that extensively last year, and we continue to do so this year. There was a 14 million revaluation of uh, shareholding uh, that we have because the company went from private to public and there was a real disposal of 29 million which, which uh, gave us cash um, which uh, then brings us to 143 million. So when you exclude those our prior year figure was is 683 million. Um, you can see that our profits are down in China uh, with our we have lower sales in China. Um, we have uh, decrease in profits from Hong Kong and Taiwan as well. We'll come on to that. Decrease in profits from the rest of Asia Pacific. A little bit extra wholesale sales, a little bit more into company margin, and we've reduced our corporate expenses. So that gives us a like-for-like -like profit against the trading PATS of 606 million, which is an 11% 11 decline in like-for-like -like business. When we add in the Middle East at 57 million, that gives us uh, the, the profit result of 663 million. So I think that's a, a fairly, hopefully that's a fairly clear overview of the profit evolution uh, between 2012 and 2013. Uh, just to uh, illustrate the dividend, this is the history of the dividend uh, going back to 2004. Um, we've, uh, and, and I think this reflects our commitment to return uh, cash to shareholders. It reflects uh, our confidence that our cash management is strong and that it will continue to be strong going forward. Uh, you can see that our net cash balance at the end of the year is about 1.1 billion, pretty similar to where we were last year. So um, I think that that, uh, that dividend on that basis is wholly appropriate. Um, just to go a little bit more into detail, um, mainland China, uh, you can see that our sales are down in mainland China by 11% um, before currency, 9% after currency translation. Um, uh, some of the issues in mainland China, a lot of uh, there is a, we feel that there is a weakening macroeconomic situation in mainland China, and also we feel that uh, there is a um, an increase in supply of retail space that is um, more or less cancelling out the growth that's in apparel, and we think that that's in the single digits at the moment. So there's a challenging trading environment. There's a lot of excess inventory still in the supply chain, a lot of heavy discounting by our competitors, uh, and also there's the entry of uh, international brands and the impact of e-commerce uh, and e-sales. So the, the environment in China is difficult, and we have devised a lot of strategies and approaches to uh, to, to, to to respond to that. Some of those are, we've been um, in the process of implementing for some time now, and then we have some uh, additional developments in our strategy which we can share with you. Um, but I think in China we're in the middle of a brand repositioning, if you want me to summarize it in, the, in a short, short way. And uh, that, that brand repositioning is, is uh, underway. It's uh, partly completed. We've got some uh, good signs and some good developments, but uh, there's still some way to go. Hong Kong and Taiwan, um, Hong Kong slightly up in volume, uh, Taiwan slightly down. Um, in Hong Kong, we've spent, um, we, 2012, uh, 2013 was very much a year where we looked at some of the brands. We focused on, for example, um, uh, turning around and developing some of the brands. If I give you an example, um, the BSX brand, we've closed a number of stores. 
but we've repositioned the brand and we now feel that BSX is one, more profitable, and two, it is um, ready now to expand. Uh, we have a lot of extremely positive feedback from landlords on the BSX brand, so we think that that's a job well done in 2000 and, um, 2013 by the Hong Kong team in repositioning that brand. It's a very exciting brand, and we think it's going to be very strong for us going forward. Um, the Giordano Ladies brand, we've reorganized our management team and we have a new, uh, newly motivated management team that there was a slight slowdown in the growth in Giordano Ladies, which is now, uh, we now expect Giordano Ladies to continue to grow. Um, also the Giordano Junior brand, during the year we've rebranded the brand values. Um, Giordano Junior was really a cute and fun brand. Um, but we found that that was fairly undifferentiated from other kids' brands. So during the year, we've been rebranding Giordano Junior as a stylish and chic brand, much more fashionable, slightly higher price points. And again, that's been a very successful rebranding exercise, and we expect that to go forward um, uh, in 2014 and beyond. Um, so I think that there's a lot of work been going on that, that hasn't necessarily fed through into the, into the results yet, but you can see that I think you'll start to see some positive results in 2014 from that. Um, the, the, there is a, if, you, if we look at Taiwan, um, it's been a difficult market for us in Taiwan. We do quite a lot of crossover campaigns, and we're developing our capability in crossover campaigns in Taiwan. We, we did, we've done a, um, crossover campaigns with... Asian and global brands, which have helped us uh, increase our brand position in Taiwan, but the economy is very sluggish there. The retail sentiment is still very weak. Um, then looking at the rest of Asia Pacific, um, you can, our growth is 8%, but it's being impacted by currency translation, so it's only showing us 2% in Hong Kong dollars. Uh, Singapore continues to be a challenging market for us. Uh, there's been a number of international brands entered in the last two to three years. We found that, there's, that some of these international brands are now, um, there's now a lot of uh, discounting and price competition. Um, our brand position, again, we, it's, not a, it's, not, it's not comparable to China, but we are looking to refresh our brand position. We opened a new store in August uh, in Suntec City. Uh, that mall is still not yet uh, fully operational. It's still undergoing um, it's still undergoing renovation, uh, and that mall, <coughs> will, but, but that's a, an 8,000 square foot store. So it's a, it's a new kind of concept for us that we're looking at, but that's already uh, proving extremely popular with landlords, and we think this will enable us to develop our brand position more strongly in Singapore. In the other markets, um, Malaysia is, um, the, the growth is in single digits in Malaysia. Um, but the profit management there is very good. It's a very well-managed team. Uh, Thailand and Indonesia continue with extremely strong growth uh, and good profit growth as well. Uh, although there are some cost pressures in Thailand and Indonesia coming from higher minimum wages and higher rents. Um, we, we're going to respond to that by uh, pushing our growth even further into the regions, the third and fourth tier cities in those, in those uh, countries. And then you can see the impact of the Middle East should be, is fairly graphically explained by this graph. Middle East has, Middle East has had a relatively tough year. Um, a couple of the major markets are Saudi and the United Arab Emirates. In Saudi Arabia, which uh, we think is long-term a, a pretty much a double-digit growth market, um, it was pretty flat in the year. The underlying re there's a number of underlying reasons. There was a major campaign by the government to, um, to repatriate undocumented 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 immigrants 
And in Saudi Arabia, there are, there's a lot of, of immigrants. So this was a very significant factor in terms of reducing footfall in shopping malls, reducing staff availability. This had a major impact on all retail operations in Saudi Arabia. Additionally, there's the Middle East res Respiratory Syndrome, which has restricted uh, the number of uh, tourists and travelers being given visas to Saudi Arabia. The Saudi government has restricted travel ba based on fears of, uh, of the uh, Middle East Respiratory, respiratory syndro Syndrome. And also, if you look at the Holy, holy Pilgrim sites, Mecca and Medina, then, which are extremely important for us because we have a lot of shops there and we benefit a lot from the pilgrim uh, trade, um, there's, been a reduction, there's been a temporary reduction in visitors due to significant construction works taking place in those cities as they try and expand those cities for the long term. So we think that the, uh, the flat sales in Saudi Arabia is a temporary phenomenon and we expect to see that picking up in 2014 and 2015. In the, in the UAE, sales have been a little bit lacklustre as well. This is a big, highly competitive developed market. Uh, lots of shopping malls, lots of brands. Um, there's been a general downturn in sentiment that's been generated by things like the Syrian crisis, the Egypt, uh, the, the political turmoil in Egypt, which has resulted in a, a lower number of uh, visitors to Dubai and uh, Abu Dhabi. However, we think that that again is going to start to ease in 2014. So uh, Middle East is, uh, was, was a little bit difficult, but we, but we, see, we still see these op markets optimistically. If we look at the uh, overall brand sales growth, uh, obviously if you look at the brand sales growth, it's still down. We still have uh, challenges in terms of uh, our top line, uh, and, we, and I'll share with you some of the strategies that we're going to be uh, executing in order to deal with these challenges. Looking at our store number, our store portfolio, you can see that in China uh, we, did, we reduced our store portfolios by 82 stores. Very much the story here is that we are reducing subsidies to loss-making uh, franchisees. So the, and this is a deliberate policy to improve the quality of our, of our retail operations through franchisees and we're going to switch those subsidies, and we're in the process of switching those subsidies to investing in um, marketing programs and store refurbishments in order to bring the brand up in the with the franchisees. So nearly all, that, all those, uh, those stores that have closed there in 2013. There has been a significant slowdown um, in the store closures. At the third quarter update, I said I thought we were going to be positive in the fourth quarter. In fact, we were slightly negative. So uh, it, didn't quite, it wasn't quite as positive as I thought, but it's still a, the very much a slow, slowing trend of closures. So we expect that to continue to slow and to start to increase into, into 2014 as we improve the quality of our network. Um, you can see also in Taiwan, it's prudent that we've exited some poorer performing stores. Taiwan's a difficult market. We still have 200 stores, but we've exited 13 stores. So they've been the two markets where we were really downsized in terms of our store no numbers. And you can see that in other markets, Middle East, uh, where we've added stores uh, in Saudi Arabia, for example, Indonesia, where we continue to grow very, very successfully, Thailand as well, where we've got, uh, where, where we, where we've got growth, India, which is quite small, but a li um, some, some more uh, department store counters there, and then in some of the franchisees in the exciting developing markets like Philippines, Myanmar, we've added stores there as well. So um, there, there's a combination of store closures and store growth, and uh, actually we more or less got the same number of stores at the end of 2013 that we had at the end of 2012. Just looking at the gross margin, you can see this is the, I gave you the, the summary that there was an impact from the Middle East, Middle East mix, you can see that here. 
Also, you can see the, Im the impact of currency on purchasing costs in Asia Pacific and also um, our fourth quarter, um, in the fourth quarter, we, and I think a lot of you have seen this through your channel checks, we, we employed more discounting in China, and you can see the impact, slight, slight erosion on an annualized basis of the fourth quarter, um, of the fourth quarter discounting. Um, and then there was a, con a small improvement in margin in the rest of Asia Pacific. So that's the kind of reconciliation there. Um, going through um, in terms of uh, cost price volume, um, you can see that our cost was up four. Um, our, our cost is up for our average price is up seven so even with discounting we still improved the, uh, the underlying margin this is mainly coming from product mix so we've uh, added um, higher value products during the year compared to 2012 and this continues to be our strategy to lift the value of, of the brand and to improve gross margin uh, volume has been down 12% some of the markets very challenging and then you can see the impact of the Middle East there, uh, bringing that uh, 10 months of uh, gross, gross profit into the Middle East. On to operating expenses, and this is fairly familiar for people who understand Giordano. Our shop area is uh, up 3% and our rent per square foot is flat. That's a combination of factors, because in places like China, we've reduced our shop area by 16%. Um, and the rent per square foot are being flat in some markets like Indonesia and in Thailand, the rent is rising, and Hong Kong, the rent is rising. But in, uh, in mainland China, partly because we have a heavy presence in department stores and we have concessionary rents, that the rent is very much under control and actually declining in China. So uh, the cost control there is fairly solid. Um, if you look at the staff costs, you can see that our headcount is flat again. Headcount is down in challenging markets like China, and it's growing in where we're, where we're adding stores. Uh, and average salaries are slightly up, so there's, there's, uh, there's uh, strong cost control there. Uh, then if I come on to operating profit by region. Um, <coughs> Just looking at China, you know, even though that the sales were significantly down, um, the way that we've uh, eliminated, we've eliminated quite a lot of loss-making stores and we've controlled our costs fairly successfully. So we have mitigated the impact of, those, of that volume loss and we've got an operating margin still in China of 6.5%. So we're still a profit, we're still a pro even though we're having a tough time with the top line in China, we're, uh, we're still a profitable retailer in China. Um, and we expect that, we, we, we feel confident that we can protect that profitability going forward as well. Um, if we're looking at Hong Kong and Taiwan, um, uh, the impact of lower sales in Taiwan was offset by some very good cost control and some store closures. Uh, most of the decline here is coming in Hong Kong. Uh, there was a small sales growth in Hong Kong, but the impact of rent increases in Hong Kong has been quite severe. Um, that, that's uh, something which we're working with, we're working through, and we need to get higher growth in Hong Kong. The brand repositioning that I spoke about before with some of the brands is enabling us to do some exciting things, and I'll share that with you uh, when we look at the outlook. Um, but but, but uh, most of that declines come in Hong Kong, but Hong Kong still, still for us is a very well-managed business, and we expect to see Hong Kong go forward uh, very positively in 2014-15. In the rest of Asia Pacific, you can see the profit decline again. That's mainly from Singapore. In Singapore, um, again, I spoke about the brand repositioning with Suntech, um, which will start to pay, pay off in mid-2014 when the mall is complete. Um, we're continuing to work to, uh, to, to uh, 
better position the brand in Singapore, um, and we expect that. We, but, we, but we do expect Singapore to continue to be tough. Um, if we look at other markets like Indonesia, where we have strong sales but rising costs, um, there's some challenges for Indonesia, but we think our team's, team's ready to rise to those. There's, we will still deliver good growth, but we have to uh, look at the costs, and also we have to look at improving our mix in order to counterbalance some of the increasing costs that come from the, the devaluation of the rupiah. So, um, so that there's some challenges there in Indonesia, but again, Indonesia is still a very exciting market for us and we still see a great amount of potential in terms of store growth and, and organic growth in Indonesia. Thailand, very similar to Indonesia, we still see a lot of untapped potential that we can go further into, into Thailand and develop our portfolio. Again though, these developing markets, there's high cost pressures and those cost pressures have to be managed. In, both the, in Southeast Asia, we've, we've not really done marketing and branding in the past. We got, we, we've, uh, we've, done, we've launched a, some initiatives in the second half of last year so that the, these uh, markets are now going to be doing a lot more marketing and branding. This again is going to enable us to get better, better average selling price increases and better margins. Uh, and so we, uh, that will uh, help us uh, progress in, in Southeast Asia. Um, Australia is in the Asia-Pacific thing. Australia is on the, in the Asia-Pacific section. Uh, Australia has poor sales in the year, had poor sales in the year. We generated losses. Uh, the last two years we generated profit. Some of you who've been with us a long time remember that Australia used to be a problem for us. Uh, unfortunately, Australia still is, and that market is now under review. Um, and we're looking, you know, we, there's a lot of, um, a lot of, activity going on to turn around the Australian business, looking at mar merchandise mix, looking at how we execute those operations and how we structure those operations. Uh, but Australia is relatively small, so it won't have that much impact on the group. Um, as I said, I've explained about Middle East and UAE. Um, uh, Korea is not in these numbers because it's uh, an associate, but it makes, you know, makes about 77 million at, at PATS level uh, contribution to, uh, to our profit. Um, and that was flat year on year, so continue to generate the same profit as before. Korea is 48.5% uh, owned by uh, Giordano International. Um, it's uh, got a slightly higher brand position than some of the other markets, and it's uh, very successful. It's very very successful in terms of its uh, uh, market share. And they've developed some new bigger store bigger store formats, which have helped generate growth and, and increase profitability. But same store sales in Korea is challenging, uh, but nevertheless our operation is pretty capable there. And so we expect to see Korea continuing to slowly develop and grow. Looking over to cash flow, uh, we spent a little bit more capex than, uh, than uh, depreciation. Uh, some of that is uh, reflecting the upgrade in our store portfolio. We expect that to continue, but I think you can see that in terms of the <laughs> capital expenditure that we spend, it's uh, not a significant proportion of our cash balance and it's not a significant proportion of our, of our sales. So, but we will, we will continue to invest in stores to, check, to increase and upgrade the, the brand image. Um, if you can look here on the working capital, I um, can't quite get, oh there it is. So if we look at changes in working capital, you can see the inventory, I think it's got a better one here. Um, Actually, let me just go back. So you can see the inventory increased by 42 million Hong Kong dollars. Um, if you look at the little graph down here, you can see that excluding Middle East, which has got a, quite a lot of inventory in Middle East, we're still working with the team in the Middle East to reduce the inventory there. Um, 
but if you look at the uh, Sunni in the Middle East, gone from 63 days to 68 days, um, that partly reflects a decline in volume. Um, and if, but if we look at the inventory, uh, just to see the, um, where it is, when we add in the off-balance sheet inventory, we've got less inventory held at our franchisees. There's a problem that some of our competitors have. They have very high numbers when it comes to inventory held at franchisees. And we have uh, slightly less of finished goods supply. So what we call total systems inventory is slightly down. And if we look at the inventory aging analysis, our inventory is pretty healthy. So we, don't, we, we feel that inventory is, uh, could be slightly better. Um, we we're always looking to improve that, but we think it's fundamentally fairly healthy. Uh, then looking at uh, receivables. Receivables is uh, down a little bit. That's really, uh, in terms of days, it's more or less the same. It's really reflecting slightly less activity towards the end of the year. Payables, similar. Payables is down. Again, the days, are more, the days of payables are more or less stable, slightly lower. Again, that reflects uh, a slightly lower level of purchases made uh, as we did our inventory reduction activity in December. Um, other receivables and payables, unfortunately, that's because there's a little bit less bonus accrual for our staff uh, because the performance was a little bit weaker. Uh, so there's less accrual there. Um, and uh, then there was, uh, in our working capital last year, there's a Middle East completion dividend which has now been paid out. So ultimately, our working capital did increase by 55 million, but it's not anything that's of significant concern to us. So that's the same information. So I didn't press the right button. Right, I think I have to do this. Yes, so uh, coming back to the cash flow, the free cash flow, a uh, little bit of extra cash in others. In some markets like Indonesia, we have to pay quite a lot of key money. We have to pay like a, year rent, a year's rent. It's still appropriate for us to do that. We think that that's still a good return on investment. There's a little bit of a, a little bit of a drain on cash there, and then there's the tax payable. But we think on this basis, and inventory could have been slightly better. That 599 is a pretty good uh, free cash flow number. If we then look at what how that reconciles with our bank balances, one point just under 1.2 billion. Add in the free cash flow, you can see there the dividends we pay to shareholders, minority interests, and our completion dividend in the Middle East. A little bit of extra cash coming in from share options being uh, realized, and then we end the year on 1.1 billion. So the cash performance of the group is strong, the balance sheet is very strong. Again, that underlines the decision to pay uh, the same dividend as last year. So if we look at the outlook, um, the things we're going to be doing differently, are, obviously we're going to continue to develop and execute the strategy about um, store upgrades and, and marketing programs. But something that we're going to be doing slightly differently, which we want to share with you, is that we're looking at uh, um, a, a, a strategy really is to put the right merchandise in the right place. Um, particularly in China, we think that sometimes the, the channels that we've got are not necessarily appropriate for the merchandise. Um, so that we find that we've got a number of stores where, uh, where really uh, it's bringing the brand down because of the, the store location. In the past, uh, we, we, you know, we, we went for growth, but we took some locations which either were then or have become since uh, a little bit weak in terms of the brand position, and we want to, we want to develop a strategy to deal, to deal with that. Um, of course, that helps us when we want to go into strong premium department stores or some shopping malls because uh, if, if we have less poor quality, you know, lower quality locations, uh, landlords will be much more favorable to giving us a proper, a decent deal and a good location in their department store. So you can see that we're looking to develop uh, four brands, Giordano BSX, a new budget brand, 
and a new woman's brand. The new budget brand, which we're going to call Beaumont, is, is ready to be launched. It'll be launched in the next couple of months. Um, this is very much a, brand, um, a, a very small number of uh, products, a limited number of products, based around you know, the basic stuff that we do about uh, polo shirts, khakis, uh, jeans, sweaters, very, very uh, functional, basic uh, um, products, but with good quality fabrics, very, very simple what Giordano, where Giordano came from, if you like, where the old Giordano, very, very simple and very low priced. So we'd expect these to be, most of these products to be less than 100 RMB in terms of the price. And we think that this brand will be appropriate for replacing some of the Giordano outlets that are currently in places like supermarkets. Um, so um, we'll be looking to uh, change the Giordano brand in some of these uh, locations with, um, with this Beaumont brand. And we're already talking to landlords and they already see what we're trying to do and we're, we expect to be, uh, we we're very optimistic about this strategy. And this, this will enable us to really focus on, on the Giordano brand and, not, um, and, and continue to enhance our brand value in the, the core Giordano brand. What we're going to do there is we're going to be very focused on, on looking at the Giordano brand as, as four different brands. Now, the main brands for department stores are Giordano Men, Giordano Women, and Giordano Junior. So instead of us looking at Giordano as a unisex offering, there still will be shops which have Giordano Men and Giordano Women in them. When we look at the department stores, we're looking to go to Giordano Men's um, brand and a Giordano Women's brand. Now, if you know department stores in China, you'll know that that puts you in a different floor location. It knows, you, you know that you'll know that you have to have um, a slightly, you know, slightly more upmarket uh, ambience in the store, and that your products have to be slightly more fashionable. And that's informing the way we're going to be doing our product development. But what this enables us to do is to grow in department stores from one location, which we may have at the moment, to a number of locations. Additionally, the work I, I talked about that we've done in Hong Kong and Giordano Junior, developing that brand will be able to bring Giordano Junior into department stores as well. So this multi-brand strategy will enable us to uh, come out of some of the lower grade, lower grade uh, locations but replace that with business that we can make profit at and also will enable us to differentiate our Giordano brand within department stores. Um, the other brand that we'll be looking to launch is a new woman's brand. This will give us an option in the supermarket, an option in the department stores between Giordano Women and the new woman's brand because the new woman's brand will be more fashionable. This is going to be a brand that is between uh, Giordano, the Giordano Women brand and, and the Giordano Ladies brand in terms of the price point. It's not going to be as high as the Giordano Ladies brand. It's going to be a premium, though, to the Giordano Women's brand. It's going to be based on European design values, but still retaining that functional simplicity uh, that, that characterizes Giordano. Very much, uh, actually, the person who's, who, one of the people who's developing this brand is the person who very successfully developed Giordano Ladies. It's not going to be Giordano Ladies, but it's going to be based on the same kind of... Uh, the core principles of our brand that Giordano Ladies is. So again, that gives us another capability to expand within department stores. So this is a, 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 a nuancing of the branding, brand position that we've been uh, developing to date. So as I say, department stores will allow us to move from the casual apparel floor to separate men, women and junior counters. We'll have to improve and we will improve the VM, be much more innovative on the merchandise and the store ambience. Uh, BSX, on the other hand, we will be able to we're looking to replicate the success of BS BSX in Hong Kong. 
replicate that in China. We think that this is particularly appropriate for really good shopping malls. We're very wary of shopping malls in China because there's so much, so many of them. There's so much, there's so many dead shopping malls, and they're very wary of going in with high rent to dead shopping malls. But we think this brand is now attractive enough that we can co-locate in the in, with international brands and strong international brands in the in, in some of the better shopping malls in China. We're already finding a lot of landlord interest in the BSX brand. Um, as I said, the new budget brand will en enable us to change the channel strategy and re replace Giordano shops in weaker locations. Um, and the new women's brand, which we'll launch in 2014, will, uh, will also allow us to improve our gross margin. So this is a slight nuancing of the strategy that we've been sharing with you in the past. Other strategies. Um, one of the strengths of our e one of the strengths of our e capability is the is our ability to. Uh, to fulfil orders, our ability to, um, I'm trying to think of the phrase now, our ability to, to, to fulfil uh, the orders that are placed online through either our own e-shop or through the T-malls. Uh, we have a very high uh, level of customer service and this is really appreciated by uh, people like Alibaba with whom we are a key partner. They're going to be launching uh, some significant online to offline applications in uh, in a in, I think next month they're going to be starting to launch this. And Giordano is, a, because of our solid ability with that sort of clunky operating system where we're very effective, um, that we're very highly regarded by, Ali, uh, by Alibaba and we're going to be a key strategic partner in some of these online to offline applications. Additionally, we're going to be doing more um, uh, click, uh, I can't remember the phrase again, I don't have it written here, but where you, where you click and you get into the right part of the... Uh, you pay for the clicks, and you get into the right, and you get people to go to, to your your um, to, to your part of the uh, of the of Taobao and, and the other uh, the other online platforms. So there's a lot of developments going on here, and our, our, we're actually very optimistic about our ability to develop our e-sales significantly in 2014. So we're looking for a very strong performance there. Um, if I look at the other thing that we're looking at is fast marketing, um, and we're also now developing fast marketing to brand crossovers. I just want to share one with you briefly. Uh, we've uh, recently signed an agreement with Low Alpine, which is a UK brand. I think some people in here may have Low Alpine camera cases or other bags. They're also an outdoor apparel company based in the UK, and uh, we've got a crossover campaign, and this is the brand will be like this, Giordano with Low Alpine in the middle. We'll be selling the product uh, slightly, uh, slightly cheaper than the standard Low Alpine products, but we've uh, cooperated very closely with them on the designs, and this is going to give us some product innovation in the fall winter uh, this year. So this is something we're very excited about, and we're looking to do, we're looking to do more and more of these kind of uh, product crossovers. Um, if I look at our um, franchisee strategy, uh, something that we've uh, possibly been a little slow on, we have concentrated our franchisees a little bit more, but we're going to be looking at further concentration of franchisees. It's going to be an important program for us in 2014, and I talked about the different subsidy policy. And again, when we look at our portfolio development, we're going to be looking at um, continuing to be fairly aggressive in closing and, re and turning around poor performing stores, particularly large stores. And we're setting up a special task force to turn around material loss making stores or we'll close them. So um, that, that, there's the sort of four major strategies that we're going to be following in China. Outlook for other regions, uh, just to share with you something we're doing in Hong Kong. Um, um, a multi-brand mini department store format, which, which looks something like this. This is going to be rolled out in the Venetian, 
the, the second phase of Venetian, so the, across the road from the Venetian um, near the Hyatt, if you know where I'm talking about in Macau. Um, so this is actually going to not be called, it's not, on the outside it's going to be called Concepts, but uh, when you go into the inside you'll see uh, this is what the inside of the store looks like. It'll be about 600 square metres, and you'll see it divided into four zones where our brands will be clear. So uh, you're, you're probably thinking, well, what, what's called Concepts? Haven't we got a brand called Concepts? I should have mentioned that before. The Concepts premium men's brand we've discontinued at the end of uh, Chinese New Year. So that we're reusing that, that we're rebranding the Concepts thing into this, into this, uh, into this uh, mini department store. This is slightly related to what we do in Korea, but it's, a, it's original. It's, a, again, another idea that's come from the Hong Kong team. And we're going to look to see how this develops, because this may give us the capability to, again, move into more premium shopping centers. And that's certainly the strategy of our, of our um, Hong Kong general manager, is that she wants to uh, improve our, our, our presence. This is a kind of fast marketing that we'll be doing, just very briefly. So this is a crossover with some Asian designers. And we, again, this, is, this will be in Hong Kong and certain parts of China going forward. So again, more exciting fast marketing campaigns involving a lot of talented partners. So this is where it is. And then I'm just running out of time, so I want to get through this. Then, then we, as I said, we continue to do crossover campaigns in Taiwan, Southeast Asia, uh, I mentioned we're going to continue to expand to realize first mover advantage, so we're more aggressive on our store growth there. We'll be launching marketing programs for the first time really in Southeast Asia as a brand differentiator, and we'll continue to develop small markets like Vietnam. We're going to put a shopping non Penh in Cambodia this year, and we'll be looking to see how we can develop our franchisees business in Myanmar. Uh, Middle East, uh, we expect to be back to growth momentum in 2014 after a disappointing 2013 and we'll continue to look for uh, emerging markets development in, well, really all these areas, Middle East, Asia Minor, Central Asia Republics, etc., etc. So a lot of opportunities we will continue to be looking through through our Dubai office globally to develop new markets. Other objectives, as you'd expect, inventory. We've, uh, we, we're being successful at concentrating significantly more cash at headquarters through treasury initiatives like sweeping cash. Uh, we'll be widening our supplier base to maintain gross margin, and we'll be looking at store upgrades, marketing uh, initiatives, and of course we'll be controlling our costs. And we'll continue to review all the opportunities we can do to expand or make any opportunistic acquisitions that come along. Okay, I think that took quite a while, so questions? Raymond. Hi, management. I'm sorry, I might have to ask some tough questions um, here. Um, it's actually good to see that our channel infantry is back to a healthy level and doing some restructuring um, in, in China, which to address our, our negative um, uh, sales. But I think my concern for 2014 is from two areas. Is one is from sales and the other one is from GP margin angle. If we look into our fourth quarter uh, GP margin by various uh, regions, we see a uh, decline. Uh, basically for various ones. Um, so in light of the um, currency depreciation for the whole Southeast Asia country, which will have a impact for us, I think probably one Q to three Q at least, uh, are we raising price or are we doing anything to address that part? And the second thing is Dominic, you also mentioned that like the China environment is actually tough and the, our competitors are, are, are also offering higher discount. So do you think that China, on the China part, that you know, we will have to continue to step off discount that potentially affected 
our, our GP margin. Um, and the second area is on sales, on the, you know, um, I think Singapore has been weak and Thailand now have the political issue. So how are we seeing the, uh, the trend so far in January and February, I think for, you know, normally for China, the key regions that, uh, that we are performing uh, on, on, on that one front. And my too many questions because I've already okay. forgotten the first one. Okay, <laughs> okay, maybe that's two questions first. So uh, uh, let uh, let me answer you on the the GP margin. On the the major currency issue we see is in Indonesia with the Indonesian rupiah, and we do expect that to probably have. If if, if the exchange rate stays the same, there's probably a 20 million Hong Kong dollar hit somewhere uh, in that in that line to our gross pro, to our cost of sales costs when you take into account the fact that we only own 40% of Indonesia. So there will be some kind of impact there. Um, our strategy in Indonesia to counter that, we don't have any magic treasury strategy that I've got some kind of uh, options or forward contracts to cover that. Um, our strategy that we've got there is uh, we'll, we're, we're going to be developing our merchandise mix and we're going to be focusing on ASP increase, but we'll also be looking at increasing the marketing, the branding in order to support that. So there's not an easy answer to that, but it's something that we're definitely addressing um, and we'll mitigate some of that as well through growth. Through growth, so we'll be looking at growth. If you look in Thailand, there there has been a small. Norm, when there was a lot of um, political unrest a couple of years ago, it didn't really affect us, and it, it has affected us a little bit this time. But we expect this to be temporary. Uh, Thailand's still very strong for us. So um, any any uh, any decline in Thailand sales, we think will be very short term. Um, Thailand's still very good strategically for us as a market. Um, I've forgotten. Just remind me. Sales growth, sales growth in general. And Singapore. You asked about Singapore. I mean, no, I mean like across like Southeast Asia, China. I think in China, sales growth is obviously the big challenge, and I think that we have to be clear that we think that in some ways, and I think we're fairly open about this. In some ways, our strategy in the past, we um, we brought the brand down, and that we're not differentiated enough in mainland China, and that our brand position is too low. So, in a very tough trading environment, it's it's hard for us to win. To get the to, to get the right the right sales to get the right market share in order to grow our sales, so our strategy continues to be to reposition the brand and the multi-brand strategy that we're launching there enables us to do that. So we expect that that multi-brand strategy will give will start to return us towards sales growth. Also, we've eliminated a lot of our poor quality shops. We'll continue to do that. So we think we're doing all the right things to differentiate Giordano from the competition and we feel fairly comfortable that we're making reasonable progress in that area so uh, but you know these things ta these things take time uh, and we'd expect that uh, we'd expect to start seeing results from that sometime in 2014 but you know launching new brands and all these kind of things they take time so we think we're doing all the right things um, the macroeconomic situation in China is something which we can't control. We think fundamentally that's, under, that's what's underlie, what underlies the decline in the sales, but that's no good. We have to respond to that and be better than our competitors. So all our focus is on being better than our competitors in order that we can turn that, that negative macroeconomic trend around. So Dominic and I can supplement. Uh, I, I don't think the management has any uh, too much of a worries, uh, for, for, for example, for the Middle East. I think Middle East uh, suffered a uh, just a temporary setback last year. I think we are back on the growth track again. Southeast Asia, uh, our business there has always been very robust, and uh, I, we are not worried about that. So our focus is still on the Greater China, and uh, I think in China, Giordano uh, has been suffering in the last uh, at least uh, seven to ten years. Uh, 
uh, a dis uh, dissociative uh, identity uh, disorder. Uh, simply because we got into uh, multiple locations. Uh, certain locations were uh, very price sensitive and they were sitting like between uh, the, the, the budget brands and at the same time Jordana was in uh, is in some some uh, you know better malls. So it's very difficult for us to market uh, when uh, you have multiple personality. Uh, so uh, the uh, what we are doing, uh, preparing ourselves uh, uh, for the last couple of years, is to, is to put the uh, to match the uh, the right p uh, uh, location with the right line or, or brand, and uh, and th especially uh, some of the, uh, the the poor image locations uh, such as uh, the supermarkets, uh, which grew very fast in China over the last ten years. Everybody got to be in the supermarket. But uh, we are we are developing this new brand, uh, the Beaumont, to uh, to 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 deliberate, you know, Giordano, and uh, probably it's going to take eighteen months or tw uh, twenty-four months or so to uh, totally cast out uh, these uh, these uh, the locations from the Giordano, you know, domain, so that Giordano will Giordano will be free to uh, to truly move up. Now, in some parts of the world, in Hong Kong, for example, we've been fairly successful. We have actually given up a lot of locations that is undeserving Giordano's uh, new image anymore. Korea, definitely. So I think we can probably we can also do that in China with this multi-brand line, matching the, uh, the the channels to the to the to the product uh, strategy. Uh, I you know we we don't have a different reading. From you, as insofar as the Chinese uh, economy is concerned, I, I guess I, I actually began at, 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 at in the mid in, in the middle of 2011. I was already sending out the uh, a warning signal that the China, we were noticing a slowdown in the Chinese consumption, and uh, it's you know materialized in the latter part of uh, 2012, and it really hit us on uh, in 2013. And given all these things happening in China, as you might have heard, I think 2014 is not going to be rosy. We all know that. So, uh, uh, so, uh, but as I said, you know, Giordano us usually is more resilient uh, than the other than our competitors. Uh, when the time is uh, when we have tailwinds, uh, we we move faster. When we have headwinds, uh, we uh, we move a little bit slower. But we, you know, conserve uh, our cash. We manage our balance sheet, and I think this is important. You know, nothing. You know, I mean, the party doesn't last forever. So sooner or later, you have to, you know, sober up. But then you get ready for the next party. I think this is how it goes. Yeah, I think that even though the, there's some top line pressure, st we still have potential in uh, China to manage our costs more effectively and to remove loss making operations. So I think this, the, the, the top line pressure doesn't necessarily completely translate into uh, the same kind of bottom line pressure. I think we can. I also, want to, I also want to emphasize, though, you know, you, some of you might question, you know, you guys have been saying this uh, for the last several years, you know, always uh, redeeming yourself and you know, making corrections and so on and so forth. Why is this time different? This, this time is different is that there are two things that I think we missed in the last uh, several years. Is number one, is, uh, we didn't know that we were suffering from uh, multiple personality disorder, you know, due to the different locations or uh, channels that we had, uh, having the same products, uh, same marketing. Uh, to, do, to, do, to the 1,100 stores in China, that that was something that did not really pop up until until like you know nine months ago when, when we you know when we really dawned on us this is not going to work. <coughs> you know no matter how how innovative the products that we come up with, they 
simply could not command a, a decent price at supermarkets. So, so, that, so we got to have a different strategy for the for the supermarkets. Hence, the uh, the Beaumont solution. And the second thing, I, I guess, the last uh, three years, uh, the Koreanization, or uh, the K-pop influence, everybody's you know jumping on the bandwagon, getting these really tight uh, fit, uh, tight, 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 tight uh, shirts and, and pants. And uh, I think we've probably gone a little bit overboard with that, and uh, it might be okay, you know, with uh, maybe one third of you guys who are really slim, you can get into your small and medium size. But people who are a little bit normal, right, with a large size, a slightly extra large size like like me, we just couldn't fit in the job that way. <laughs> so, uh, and so we, we did a complete survey with several international brands and looked at what we have done compared to some of the other brands that are said to be, you know, fairly doing quite well these days. And we found out, yes, we were grading, I mean, our size is on the average about 10% smaller. I mean, I mean, the, the, the large and extra large. So we're gonna do a refit of the large and extra large uh, uh, to be more human. So uh, that's, that's gonna come in, that's gonna appear uh, around June, July, in, in, in mid-summer. I think the, 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 some of the early orders, I think that we will probably still have some of those really tight, tight stuff. But uh, by June, July, I think we'll, we probably would have uh, 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 redeem ourselves in, in terms of fit. And Beaumont, apart from uh, a little bit uh, lower price, uh, Beaumont uh, also tried to solve the same problem. Beaumont actually go back to the Giordano fit back in 1998, was very comfortable fit that you can wear and uh, a barbecue and uh, you know that, that sort of thing. So, so, so I think the, the, this time I think it's, it's different. Any more? Uh, hi, <coughs> can you hear me? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah Shen Lee, JP Morgan. Uh, just two questions. One, uh, rest of Asia Pacific, so flat, same store sales in the fourth quarter. Can you just give us some colour as to why there was a slowdown? Uh, the slowdown in, um, in Asia Pacific is driven by weaker sales in Singapore uh, and... Um, Australia, yeah, Australia is pretty negative, and it's slightly weaker in it was slightly weaker in Indonesia because they had a strong base in Indonesia from the previous year. They had a, a very good marketing, they had a one-off marketing campaign in Indonesia in 2012, a special special campaign which worked better, and they, that, that didn't happen. So that was just a you know a one-off operational thing. Um, Oh, they're, they're the main reasons. Okay. Um, and then uh, you mentioned that you've done a little bit more on the treasury side for yeah. to um, make your cash a bit easier to manage, I guess. Um, c can you just, what does that mean for dividend payout ratio? What, 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 we, what we're doing is we, we, we're sweeping cash. So we, 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 we used to need a lot of cash buffer in all the satellite businesses. And uh, we're dealing with that by sweeping cash and, and improving our bank, you know, working with banks to provide facilities uh, for buffer instead of holding lots and lots of buffer cash. So it's not that complicated what we're doing. We're just bringing more cash into the centre. Um, what that means is that we don't need so much cash. What that means for dividend is that we can, you know, we, we even, even though our payout ratio is a bit higher, it doesn't really matter because we're more effective and we can continue to, we think we can continue to, to follow a policy of returning surplus cash to, to shareholders, but still remaining prudent and 
keeping enough cash to run the operations and to make any opportunistic acquisitions that we need to make quite comfortably. So it means, what does it mean for dividend? It means that we'll continue to operate our policy of returning surplus cash to shareholders and that we're a little bit more able to do that because we're managing our cash more effectively. I think basically what it is is that we, we are taking uh, over the control of surplus cash at the local subsidiaries. So they don't really get to use surplus cash anymore. We're making them very uncomfortable. We're making them starve. Uh, I think it's more psychological than whatnot. I think the cash is still there within the group. Yeah. It doesn't mean that we'll pay more dividend because we sweep the cash from uh, you know, Singapore or, or, or Thailand. We, we, you know, the dividend, I, I've been answering this question for the last you know, 20 years. Dividend uh, philosophy of Giordano is balance sheet uh, base. It's not income statement you know, base. So each year we look at our balance sheet. That's not the way for a healthy balance sheet, a lean balance sheet, that we can squeeze, you know, surplus cash, and we'll look at that and we'll pay out to the shareholders. This is the, the kind of uh, approach we take with it. And that, um, and to me it's very clear the group has taken a very decisive a movement going forward about repositioning of the brands in China and maybe Hong Kong with the uh, opera uh, new store in Macau and Singapore. I'd just like to know, is that something you reach internally or with outside uh, consultants? consultants? Because I've, that's I've never seen a, uh, a living uh, retail, good retail account, uh, consultant yet. Okay. All the good ones are dead, so... Okay, uh, that's my question. And also on the um, another question, in terms of logistic, and that um, do you need to make changes within the group to cooperate with your changing position, a much more clear and precise well, positioning things. of your clients? Uh, in, uh, in terms of logistics, number one, uh, we got rid of uh, half of our warehouses in China. We used to have 11, now we have six. And uh, which, what it means is that we'll force our inventory to be lean because there's no storage anymore. So the supply chain has to be very smooth. And uh, the other thing is that on BM, on Beaumont, which, which is simple, uh, very much uh, basic, uh, like Jordana was 1988, uh, we're doing uh, ODM as well as VMI. In other words, we get the factory to, to get the to do the design for us. We're only talking about very limited uh, portfolio, maybe 20, 25 uh, styles, because it, it markets on, uh, on, 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 on value and also market on colors, not, not you know, all, all these fancy, fancy details. And there's also VMI, VMI in the sense that uh, the vendor managing inventory, the factory will actually uh, look at the, uh, our data and they'll automatically ship probably once every two weeks. So we are allowed, instead of a continuous flow, which is not possible, we, we won't maintain the DOI, for example, in any one shop, especially at Beaumont, constantly at 50. We'll probably uh, uh, choose a upper limit, of, let's say, of 80 days, and a lower limit of, uh, let's say, 30 days. So uh, by, 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 by just the day before the new stock arrives, uh, we will be, you know, around 30 days. Now, 30, what, what does 30 days mean? What, what, does, what is the concept mean? The concept means that every day you sell 30% of your quantity. So you have 1,000 pieces in, in, the, in the location. You know, each day you sell, you know, 30. Now, 30 is not going to make your store empty as long as it's not skilled, right? Or, or it's just one style. 
So, uh, so we are forcing that discipline. I mean, I suppose before I retire, I want to bring you know the DOI down to about 20. What, what is 20? What is the concept of 20? It means if you have 1,000 pieces in a store, each day you sell only you know 50 pieces. That hardly is going to make a dent in your appearance. But yeah, I mean, force it to be accurate in, in your in your you know, you know whatever. So, but the new thing about the new logistics uh, to answer your question in terms of uh, what we're doing, uh, for example, with BM is ODM and VMI. Now that will save a lot of overhead, and we will focus on our creativity is better used in that in the other new brands like Jula, uh, 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 the, the new women brand in between Giordano and Giordano Women Line. And then we have revamp our women line too. So, so with that, we are also, uh, I'm not quite sure you call this logistics or reorganization. Uh, we have uh, created smaller units. It used to be all headed by one person. Now we have created different units. There's a team for uh, Giordano women line within the Giordano brand, Giordano men's line within the Giordano brand. And there's a team for EULA, a team for BM, which is basically uh, BMI and uh, ODM. And then uh, Giordano Junior and BSX. These are separate creative teams. So, uh, and, and, and come, you know, what comes with that is that kind of better team. So, uh, so we have this multitude of, you know, accountability centers. Uh, I think I think that can drive more creativity, entrepreneurship, and and and, and we are able to bring in more uh, new talents into the group. Uh, and uh, we are uh, we are reviving our uh, our famous management training program again. We've been uh, doing recruitment talks uh, to uh, uh, our masters and undergrad students uh, in, in the Hong Kong universities. A lot of them happen to be PLC students, uh, graduate students too, and we help to you know put them in the company in Hong Kong, uh, immerse them in English uh, with the help of Mark and. Uh, and Dominic, give them the uh, extra, you know, global exposure while in Hong Kong, and uh, send them back to China when they graduate. So these will be our future, you know, succession of uh, younger management in, in China. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, it's uh, Robbie Gu from Morgan Stanley. Um, can you just be a bit more specific on your OTO strategy in China to just help us think through your objective here, your um, how big is your commitment in this uh, March campaign? Is it going to be continuous? Well, uh, it, it's something that is uh, engineered and, uh, and, and, and organized by uh, Alibaba. Alibaba. And uh, I'm not an expert in that, but, uh, but I, I think if you go on, site, go on the web, if you search March 8th, uh, that's, that's the big day for them. That's the big day when they launch this thing. I think basically what it is is that, you know, if you're an account, user of Alibaba, and uh, you, you walk around, let's say, near Giordano, and you click and you see uh, promotions available in Giordano, which is paid for by uh, Alibaba, and uh, you can come into Giordano shop and you, I don't know, use your phone or whatever you know, device, and you'll get some goodies. Uh, but it's all free, you know, for us. But you have to pay with uh, the Alipay, you know, system. It's the... It's the I haven't got a big presentation on it, but it's you know it's the use of mobile technology, QR code, you know all these kind of stuff, leveraging on Alibaba's VIP program, not just on Giordano's VIP program. So it's a partnership with uh, Alibaba in how you, how they can enhance the offline, that the physical shops 
using technology. So it's a new movement for Alibaba to move out, not just from the uh, the, the, the T-malls, but also now into the into the physical shops, how they can use technology to enhance retailing experience there, using their database and using their technology. I think the objective uh, for Alibaba, obviously, is to increase the users of Alipay, yeah. which is a uh, another form of a shared bank in China. So in your store, uh, are all your direct stores involved in this campaign, not plus your franchise stores, stores no, department no, stores? It doesn't really matter what's direct or, or franchise. It's the major cities, so it's not all, all the shops. I think there are seven cities, uh, first-line cities, first-tier cities that participate. And your franchisee stores? Uh, they will too. Okay. I think it's because of the expertise we have in fulfillment that Alibaba regards as a very trustworthy partner and that's why we're one of the key strategic innovators in this area with them. So it'll be interesting to talk to you um, at the half year or before then maybe about, about the kind of developments that take place once this has been launched. But we're very optimistic. The other thing we're going to be doing is looking at more online marketing with Alibaba, how we can direct people to our, uh, to our products rather than other people's products using online marketing. Hey, Edwin Chen from UBS. Just that uh, you mentioned a lot of uh, about your multi-brand uh, strategy in China and the repositioning. Uh, just wondering how much additional SGA expense have you budgeted uh, for the new strategy in 2014? Thank you. Beaumont, for example. Beaumont, uh, the, the module we're talking about, the interior design is about $70,000 per 60 square meter. And assuming this is all DOS, and assuming that we'll be doing 100 shops uh, within a year, we're talking about say, seven million, seven million dollars. But I would, you know, I was, I would think that a lot of that uh, will be a franchise, also. Now, working capital in terms of uh, merchandise, uh, we're talking about 1,900 pieces for for summer because it's very limited style. And because it's ODM and BMI, so that you know the working capital requirement for this new brand is almost uh, also uh, fairly minimal. Now Eula, Eula will probably not be as fast. Uh, we are probably talking about uh, perhaps uh, you know 50 to 60 stores, uh, but they are mostly in department stores. Now department stores decorations because they do the ceiling and floor for you, so your minimal capital expenditure. So I think. Uh, Again, you know, this is not uh, uh, going to be joined in a company's cash in the next uh, year or two. Yeah, hi, I have uh, two questions. The first is a follow-up on your earlier comment about the um, number of different items versus the, um, the volume sales uh, per item. I didn't quite catch uh, wh where you were going with that in terms of the uh, future the evol evolution. The new brand? Right, the new plan. Well, the new brand is uh, limited items. Uh, for example, in summer, uh, the first launch, uh, we have 17 styles. But three of the core styles, they'll have 20 to 25 colors each. I mean, it's, it's something like that. But, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the, the first long, launch is like that. If we need to add more, then we add a few more. Uh, but that's that differ from Giordano. Giordano is uh, in the same uh, in the same 60 square meters. Giordano will probably have at least 60 little you know, styles, not SKU but styles. So it's a much simpler operation. The, the, the BL. Okay. Thanks. And my second question is also um, related to the, uh, the previous gentleman's question about the uh, the new multi-brand strategy and the. Uh, the costs that that would uh, bring about. 
I'm just wondering, long term, you know, the advantage, as you say, is to define each of the different segments in a clearer fashion. Um, do you see this evolution continuing as in, is there a chance that you'll introduce yet more brands? And, you know, where does that stop? I don't know. Uh, I, I can only know I will die one day, but I can I can really tell you in a way we're going to stop with the brands, number of brands. I mean, you know, finishing with our house brands, uh, you know, that's something that we've been talking about and we really want to do, but we haven't really got the people to do it. But when we finish this MT program and we have a critical mass of uh, international English-speaking uh, managers in China, we will be able to welcome uh, working with uh, foreign brands, overseas brands. And, uh, and that could be 10, 15, 20, you know, when we have the platform set up. But in terms of our own house brand, going back to house brands, how, how many brands we need to get this, to, to go to these segments? I think, you know, in a normal way, I mean, we, we don't look at, you know, covering everything, our lifestyle, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about channels. You know, the, the, the usual channel categorization, the Western world is very familiar with the, the A, the Bs, the Cs, you know, so on and so forth. In China, 10, 20 years ago, this sort of categorization was not there. Now, as China is getting more sophisticated, this, this categorization is becoming the norm. And we have to, we, 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 we devise our brands for that, for the channel. Not for lifestyle. Now, lifestyle, that could be you know, 20, 50, 100 lifestyles. Now, we are not greedy. We are not saying that we're going to have you know, something for intimate uh, wear, something for this and something for sort of sports. That, that's not, we, we do not diversify that way. If you look at what we are doing from Jordan Ladies all the way down to Beaumont, it's all concentric diversification. It's all within our means, within something that we know how to do. Even with Beaumont. Beaumont is certainly you know, within our DNA because Giordano you know, grew out of it. And uh, so, so it's probably limited, you know, 10 at, at the most. Fair enough. I just, uh, just briefly, uh, I suppose two sort of slightly higher level questions. But firstly, in, in terms of your major shareholders, the Chang New World kind of related um, shareholders, how, how active or passive are they? Um, to the sort of day-to-day -day, um, running of the business and, or inputs that come from them. And second question, I, I see just in the recent um, Esprit results, uh, Bernard, who'd been you know, very instrumental in driving your China business for so many years left, maybe you could walk us through why, whether there was any particular clash in strategy or anything like that. With that okay. Um, the, the Cheng family, uh, the Cheng, the, the Chadai Fook, Holding of is our biggest shareholder. Um, two two members of the board uh, who contribute as directors contribute, and apart from that, well, I would tell you that management is independent, uh, and we operate. We take in, we take account of what our you know key shareholders say, but we we make decisions based on what we think is best for the company. If that answers your question. Uh, on the second point, um, I don't really want to comment on a. A previous employee, Bernie, contributed to the company for many years, but uh, as was in charge of China, you hear what we've got to say on China and the way we've developed, I think you can draw your own conclusions. There wasn't any particular 
anything particular that anybody needs to know about as to Bernie's retirement from Giordano? I don't think there's any issues that need to be made public, so there's no special scandal or anything. So just have to straight that back, back that one away because there's nothing there, I'm afraid. Um, sorry, one more question for me. Uh, I think this is an easy one. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> We, ha we have done a very successful acquisition on Middle East. Just talk, um, just want to see, because some investors also want to know, like, is there any chance at all that we can potentially acquire our Korea JV, which is actually quite, quite promising? Well, the current uh, agreement uh, runs out by, what, 17? The current franchise agreement. Yeah, 2017, isn't it? Yeah, I think before then we'll, maybe, you know, we'll, you know, you know, talk to them a bit. You know. Generally speaking, we use franchise. We use franchises and partners who can add value to the Giordano brand as the principal. That's the way we would look at it. When we think that there's no added value, obviously it's in our strategic interest with all those franchises and partners that we look about whether we can add more value than they do. And where we see that that would be that there would be an opportunity to do that, we would look to do that appropriately. Obviously, that's not necessarily straightforward. But I think you can. We we certainly think about these kind of things as we would you would expect us to as the principal and as a, a JV partner. But but I think it's uh, to say we've got a plan to do it. I, I think is going a bit far. But we, we we're always thinking about these kind of um, opportunities. No, by the way, we have recently uh, acquired uh, Vietnam. Yeah, we, we for example, we, we we took control of a small franchisee in Vietnam. We think Vietnam's an exciting market, 85 million people. We've only got 14, 15 shops there. But what we're doing is we're taking a, a fairly low brand le level that the franchisee had, and we're making it into the kind. We, we're partnering with uh, Japanese malls like Aeon, uh, Parks, and these kind of partners, and we're going to be creating a very much upgraded brand. And that's the through that we're also going into Phnom Penh in the new Aeon shopping mall in Phnom Penh. So we're we're sowing the seeds of early movers in these markets. Uh, just as we did in Indonesia, just as we did in Thailand, just as we did in Malaysia. So we expect that as these economies grow, and we don't see explosive growth coming in Vietnam this year or anything, but when that, kind of, that thing starts to happen, we'll be very, very well placed to be uh, a strong brand in those markets. That doesn't help you with next quarter's earnings, but that should help us long term. All right. Thank okay. you very much. Okay. Have a Thanks. good evening.